All right, welcome to this week's episode of the Franchise Accelerator podcast. I'm really excited to continue our discussion on valuation. What we realized in last week's episode is the first step in increasing and creating value in your business is to make sure that you have a focus on profitability. So what we wanted to do this week is kind of walk through what does it mean to have a focus on profitability and how can we make sure as an organization we're really optimizing our results every week. Absolutely. That's what it comes down to. And that's why we, from an accounting side, like to look at it from a weekly accounting because you can make changes to your operation each week yes. to hit that bottom line and allow your restaurant to be more profitable long run because of it. Exactly. And, you know, profits are not a bad thing. And a lot of our listeners out there, you know, I think, you know, we have a pretty blended audience between people who have bought into a franchise and those independents who are looking to be a franchise or one day. But especially on the franchise side, I think a lot of times there's a little bit of a misunderstanding thinking that your business is going to be passive income, you know, kind of a set it and forget it type of thing. And that may be true eventually. But if you feel like there's a disconnect and that's not happening, I really think this episode is geared to you to realize here are the things that you control within your four walls, regardless of whoever created your brand. All right. So the first thing we want to do to focus on profitability and ultimately strengthen our profitability is review our financials. So you mentioned weekly. Now, we 100% believe in accountability to reviewing, to getting real feedback to your team every week. Scott does a lot of calls with a lot of our clients on this. So talk to us about how that can be a game changer. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it allows them to... A, make sure we're getting real information in. I think that's the biggest thing we see as a disconnect sometimes when we bring clients on board is the information that they're looking at isn't really accurate. So they're not looking at great data to start, whether it's just invoices not getting in correctly or maybe there's a credit card that's being used from a personal standpoint, not on a business. There's so many ways that we're not looking at actual numbers, and that's where we're, it's, it's hard to really then look at improvement when we don't really know a great starting point. Well, exactly. And I think the other part here that's so important is that we have to have a target, right? So if you've created your own, you're independent, you have your own brand, you have a couple of locations, you have to have a target for what those sales should be and what your bottom line should be. And if you're a franchise, same thing, right? At some point, they told you this is going to do X. And we need that target so we can start to evaluate it every week. The other thing that's so important that I think you run into a lot is the idea that well, you know, it's not just the owner who needs this information, right. right? Somehow you have to get it out into the team so that they get results. Definitely. And I think each restaurant, uh, you know, organizational charts can be a little different. You know, maybe the owner is the district manager, maybe the general manager. We always talk about the owner could have different roles in that restaurant. But whether it's a management team or the staff, how do you get that information out to everybody who needs it? And I think if you look at, like, the bigger companies and corporations, there's a plan in place from... You know, the CEO to get the information to your server. Yeah. And I think a lot of times in the independent world, we don't remember that. We come up with these great ideas. We come up with this game, great game plan, but we don't get it to every person that is interacting to make this. Well, sense. exactly. And I think on the franchise side, we get so caught up in the franchise reporting, right? So franchises most report on a period and they report consolidated. So you need to see how every location within that franchise is done. Those are rules, right? That, that doesn't mean that you're not checking in on your results every week just because they want it, period, doesn't mean that's the only way to do it. So however you're 
business is structured, we want to make sure that we have some sort of weekly check-in, our team understands what they need to do differently. And then the other part of that is to make it something that we're looking ahead. I think in the financial world, everyone's looking backwards and that hurts you, right? We have to be able to set a goal for next week, not just here's, you know, our miss from last week. Yeah, whenever we're looking at like a monthly P&L or balance sheet like that, to me, that's just a report card. Yeah. That's how you did. At the end of the day, it's already done, you know. But if you're weekly coaching your team up or developing new goals throughout that, that's how you can change your results for the month. But once the month's done, you're looking at a report card. Good, yeah. bad, or ugly, that's going to be what it is. There's nothing to change at that point. Yeah, and that's where from a time standpoint, right, we believe that there's a way for you to spend less time in your business. Right? Not no time, that's right. not really true, but probably less time. But that's why it's so important to make sure that you find a weekly process that's efficient. That's not eight hours of your week. It's a couple hours grabbing the key information, passing it on to your team in a meaningful way, and then setting the target for next week. Because again, if you're not profitable, your business has very minimal valuation. So it, this is a critical point to building a valuation, building an asset that's worth something. And you know, you hear like the big guys say it. You know, it's like. If you're not profitable, what are we doing, right? Like, don't play the startup, I'm a startup. Right? I mean, it's true if you just opened. <laughs> but, I mean, you really need to be profitable as soon as possible because that's the only way that your business is going to be sustainable. So we just really need to make sure that when we're setting those goals, if we're not getting to 10% bottom line, then we need to go back and figure out the equation that gets us to 10%. Right. No, at least being profitable as quick as possible if you're a new startup. But even like, if you look now, a lot of the larger restaurant companies that have restaurant openings, it's way different than it was 10 or 15 yeah. years ago. They do not give the leeway when it comes yeah. to <laughs> labor being super high, right? food costs being super yeah. high. They have very targeted goals from week one of open to week two, week three, knowing there's going to be a little bit of change. Yeah. But I remember you know, 10, 15 years ago, there was a lot more leeway on how long it took you to be profitable from like a cost of you know, goods from a labor standpoint. And that is... They pretty much open the doors, and they want to see profits yeah. starting very quickly after that. They yeah. don't have time to wait. And that's, I think, so much of this is expectation, right? That if we have invested all this money, and, you know, whether it's a franchise or a standalone, yeah. you know, we have put in time, we have put in capital, and we need that return. And that's where this focus on profitability doesn't mean you're greedy, but we have to make sure that we're driving profits. All right, so... Steps that we can look at to strengthen or improve our profitability. Some of this goes back to pricing strategy. Now, again, I think this is a big discussion, especially hospitality and restaurants. We've had a couple of clients that have franchises and they say, you know, there's only so much we can do. I think in this topic, if you truly feel like the pricing is wrong, we've had a couple, right? We would go work collaboratively with your franchise. Don't assume they know everything. Because you're in the store, they're not. So if you really feel like the pricing is wrong and you can't fix it, this is something where you'd want to go and talk to your franchisor. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially if you have a good plan behind you of why, right? If, if this is the food cost you're running on this item and this is the price, you can, as long as you have the very you know, black and white statistics, you can say it just doesn't, the equation doesn't work. Exactly. And that's the other part of if you're an independent, right, on the flip side, so a franchisee, we know there's not that much you can do, although there's always something you can do, especially in pricing, right. because even if you can't control your pricing, you can control how you're promoting, so finding those higher profitable right. items on the menu, doing a taste test, hey, have you tried our 
lemonade that's five dollars right, that we talked about it after business i mean there's way there's things we can do but the second thing would be if we are an independent who's looking to be a franchise one day it is inexcusable to have a i would say higher than mid-20s food cost right now like you just cannot do and you you're not going to get there by a 25 dollar pizza right you're going to get there through making sure that you have margins that work that the products you're serving work to that overall cost of that menu because with where labor has gone food cost is the only way to find the margin right and labor is not going to go backwards no. i think if you look at it, like kind of people are saying about real estate right it's not going to go <laughs> no. the other way and labor is going to be the same thing yeah. they're not really going to say backwards so with food costs like you said i mean you, you can control you can control with that um if you're operating one restaurant and you want to turn to multiple at some point the food cost is probably not going to get any better right yeah. if you you know this should be the best you can run it when your hands on deck is you're there every day you're you're managing all these things creating systems for waste and efficiency and all that so besides maybe some bulk pricing if you got bigger and that's probably not going to be at two or three that's going to be probably a lot you know more at that really the best food cost you're going to run is with one unit so yeah. like and said if you don't have a really good food cost in place now when you go to two, three, four, or five units, it's probably not going to get better. Right, and there's only so much you can do on the efficiency, which is where if it's really not working, you have to look at customer behavior. Right. You have to look at, you know, how can we make sure the customers are ordering the items that have good margin. They know we sell you know, chicken wings are really small fun <laughs> at the bottom of the menu, yeah. right? You know, we, we need to be aware of those discrepancies or differences right. in our menu prices so we can make sure we're promoting the right product. But at the end of the day, you know, this is a math equation, and we have to understand it, and we have to work it every week to make sure that we're getting our profitability. All right, so next, um, we talked a little bit about reducing cost of goods sold. I think what's interesting here, and if you haven't checked out our other podcast, the After Business Movement, is it's more than just efficiency or ordering or inventory levels, right? Talk a little bit about what are the other things in our cost of goods sold. I mean, it's so many things. I think every restaurant is going to tag it or go at it a little bit differently. So, yeah, there, there are efficiencies. I make sure that you're ordering correctly and you're prepping correctly. But then there's also, you know, let's say bulk discounts. You know, if you're, um, you know, liquor is a perfect example of that. There's a lot of states that will give you a discount to buy, you know, multiple bottles. Yeah. Or they'll put it on, like, a sale. So, for instance, if you're a restaurant that goes through uh, a ton of Grey Goose Vodka and they run a $3 bottle sale, yeah. that's something you want to jump on because you're going right. to use it. It's not going to go bad, you know, compared to some items that are much more perishable. So those are going to be some ways that we can look to do that. Um, and, you know, kind of told before, is really making sure we're, we're honing in on the recipe cards and really yeah. knowing what every item costs to make because then we can, you know, really attack it, food costs a lot easier because we're not just guessing on it. Yeah. And that's where I think we can't be afraid to take a step back. Right? A lot of times our menu was kind of reactive in the last few years. We had to make it something that could be delivered. We had to make it something that could do to go. Our customer didn't want to come sit down. We got rid of some events. Well, now we're back, right? Now that we're back to normal, but our menu probably is, you know, a mix of all these things. Plus we had supply chain issues. We probably replaced our product two or three times, different vendors, all these things happen. But I think it's very few that have actually taken a step back at their cost of goods, at the product they're ordering, and really making sure that it's as efficient as we can. And if there are menu item changes, and one thing we've really found, which has been eye-opening on the F Your Business side, is 
how much frozen product has gone up in the last couple of years. Because again, two or three years ago, it was probably the affordable way to go. But now it's a lot more expensive. So whether you control your menu, you definitely control your product and your ordering. And you really want to look at what are the things that have gone up 20-30%. What could I do differently to still have that same product, but make sure that it's still hitting those margins that I need to hit. And then the other part in that is definitely inventory, right? Making sure that we are aware of the dollars in our inventory, that we're, our team is aware, and ultimately taking a weekly inventory. Yeah, definitely. You know, taking that weekly inventory so we know what we have, so we're ordering to what we need. And we do see that with a lot of our clients that we're just, it's ordering too much. So whether it's paper products that are just sitting on the shelf and not being used and and then something happens, and then right it falls into the trash, or it goes okay. away, or you know. And then also from other standpoint, just making sure that we're having the you know we're not throwing products out there, just going bad. We hear that more than you know. I guess I would think that there's perishables on produce um, and stuff like or dairy that they just they don't go through the whole order because yeah. we're not we don't order correctly. Exactly. And then the other piece here that we really want to think about when we're looking at profitability is a better understanding of our overhead costs, right? So if you have two or three locations, whether it's a franchise or independent, you, know, you also have a brand, right? You have you know, a brand that you're trying to get out into your community. So you probably have advertising, you know, perhaps management team that isn't within the four walls. You have owner compensation, right? You invested money. You expect X amount out. But we really need to look at that overhead and make sure that that still makes sense. So definitely here, when we're focusing on profitability, I mean, our recommendation is a budget for your overhead, right? Know the dollars that you can afford to spend in overhead and make sure that those are the dollars that you're actually spending. Right. So they should either be part of the P&L that you're using or be below the bottom line if we don't want to show that to maybe your management team on a right. week-to-week P&L. But they have to be on there. You have to know what those targets are and know where you stand on its, right at that point, a couple options, either building sales or lowering some of that, you know, yeah. G&A cost. Yeah, because again, you know, I think the last couple of years, it was so reactive, right? We need the team, you, there was some government money, we right. were just, just getting through. But the just getting through is over, and so we really want to make sure that we're not bleeding cash, right? That we're generating cash, generating profits every day, and if we find that we have a couple locations that aren't doing well or we have this overhead, now is the time, right? We have to focus on profitability and not continue to make mistakes that cost us money. Yeah. All right. So, again, the other piece in really our focus on profitability is the idea of looking at our revenue. We talked a little bit about this in a previous episode, but really thinking about, okay, if I know I need X, right, to support my manager team, right. I need $100,000, you know, whatever it is, over six months, whatever that is, I need to find that, right? So it's not all cost-cutting or getting rid of my manager right. team that's been with me 20 years or, you know, stopping all the advertising. Sometimes it's just the revenue side and looking at our revenue differently. Yeah, and I always like to start with top-line sales. I mean, I think before, at some point, you might have to go to the other side of it, and whether it's raising labor or cutting costs. But to me, it's, it's always easier to try to grow sales. And I think sometimes it can just be overwhelming. You look at it and say, oh, my gosh, I have to grow $100,000 this year to support that. But when you really break it by week or by shift, yeah. it's, those numbers aren't as crazy. So how can you add $100 to every shift? How do you add... 
you know, a couple right. thousand dollars every week. That's what we're talking about, right? Two thousand a week is going to get you right around a hundred thousand for the year. Yeah. So, what can we offer? Is it a new product line, or is it you know pushing catering, or all these other things that you could do? But yeah. instead of looking at, oh my gosh, I have to find a hundred thousand. No, we need to find a couple thousand every week, which in turn is maybe a couple hundred hours every day. Well, exactly, and I think that's where there's such power in evaluating every week because you can start to see, like, maybe my goal was two thousand, I only got five hundred, right. but I got five hundred, right? So maybe next week I get six hundred, then I get seven hundred. So by seeing that, you know, progress, it really does motivate your team to be like, wow, I really am influencing the sales of my organization. Twitter's own works, right? You yeah. did some sort of advertising campaign. And it worked. You saw instant whether it's something came back, whether it was a free appetizer coupon, and you know, and it came. Back, you know, you brought twenty of them in next week. That's instant yeah. to your team that it worked. We can do this. We can grow. You know, guest count by doing that, and continue on some method in that way. Yeah, and just I think as much as we want this to be passive, right? I think anyone who has the idea of franchising or scaling, you know, the idea is I want to, you know, set it and forget it. I'm not involved. Now is not that time. Right, like you have to be there driving sales. And whether you have one location, you have eight locations, you have 20 locations, I mean, that is part of the role of the leader or the owner or the management team is to be creative with whatever. We have seen real results of people who are thinking outside the box, you know, reintroducing themselves to members of their community, you know, getting involved with schools and, you know, meal packages. I mean, there's lots of things you can do on the revenue side, but we can't just sit back and, and stare at the number on a computer screen and say, oh, well, it, it is what it is. Because that's not true in no, revenue, right? No. Yeah. And it's only trial by error. is only chance. We don't know that every idea is going to work for you just because it worked for another restaurant, but there's only one way to do it is try it out, try different ways, have a plan, and Yes. And continue all with it. Exactly. So we think for this week, right, there's always a little, you know, call to action or homework assignment. But for this week, our homework assignment is this. We want you to go and evaluate your business, every location that you have, whether it's one, five, whatever it is, look at the bottom line and really compare it to 10%, right? So if you take your bottom line, say one location, it's $1,000 for a week. You get it's just one week. But then look at your sales and we'll split that by 10% and see what that gap is. Because if it, if every location is not hitting at least 10%, and that's including owner pay, all those other things, then there's money being left on the table. But like Scott said, it starts with looking at it every week. Because if you look at a month, look at a year, it's going to feel overwhelming very quickly. But if you look at a week and you say, okay, this location needs $2,000 more, $3,000 more, that's one catering event. Right? That's that's one event that isn't in the four walls. So there's definitely ways to get there. But what we want to do first is really look at the dollars on the table. Because I think with that in mind, you will see what this really could do to the ultimate value of your organization. And I think as we see a lot of locations that have that, you know, anywhere from three to seven or eight or ten locations is they're just used to one or two or three being underperformers, and it's exactly. almost accepted that oh, they can't make money there. <laughs> right. But they know the top ones but are. But they can over but here. They can over here. Same product. And instead of saying, you know what? Instead of we're going to keep taking from our top performers to pay the bottom, yes. if we just bring the bottom performers up, what the overall you know profit the difference is going to be? I think that's exactly digging into that. And like you said, I think it's so much of it is just expectation because if you went to you know like the big corporation you used to work for and said, ah, oh, I can't do better than this. Right. That's not accepting. No. Right? 
Yeah, they wouldn't allow that. All right, there's an area of eight restaurants. These four are going to really make a lot of money. These four are going to lose a lot of money. That's no, not how it's looked at. Exactly. You know? So really, everyone's expected to make their money. Yes. And, um, and that's, you know, I think if you do that on your own level, uh, your, your, oper- your entire operation is going to make a lot more money. So when there is a bad week or there is right. a, a rougher month. Right. Well, and if you think about if your goal is beyond where you are now, right, whether you're on the franchise side or independent side, I mean, profitable businesses will self-fund. It, you know, stops the reliance on debt service. I mean, right. there's so many other things. It's not just, yeah, it'd be nice to make more money. But, I mean, there are real results yeah. that can happen by your businesses being you know, right. healthy, sustainable, and cash flow positive. So, you know, this is all about expectation and making sure that our, we are focusing on profitability for the good of our organization. If you have members on your team that are like, oh, come on, like we don't need to make more. Right. It's sustainable for the entire organization, right? So people want a job, people want to continue with you for a long time, and this is a part of it. So we really need to drive our profits and make sure that we understand that we are creating value every day in our business. So if you'd like more information on uh, business valuation, uh, we have a free course on our website. Check out AnnieGannon.com for more information and to sign up for our free valuation course that will really help you dial in where the value of your business is right now and what we can do right now to drive our value even more.